Mezzans in Irish Catholic churches? Are you kidding me? Speaking of apostates, this guy is a priest in good standing with the Vatican, while this guy just got cancelled by the Vatican. Meanwhile, this guy says Joe Biden is saving democracy in Ukraine, while this guy says we still need to shoot down a lot more Russian MiGs. Tonight, the globalists come clean on what's really going on in Ukraine. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. A happy belated St. Patrick's Day to everyone. I don't know, St. Patrick's Day always makes me kind of sad. In the 1950s and 60s, it is estimated that almost 90% of the population of Ireland went to weekly mass. However, in 2021, a survey conducted by the Association of Catholic Priests found that only about 30% of Irish Catholics attend Mass on a weekly basis. Somebody sent me this, this clip, which I find just heartbreaking, and we can play a few, few, few moments of it, of a Catholic Irish priest that shows you where things have gone now, 50 years after the Second Vatican Council in Catholic Ireland. Firstly, that everybody who goes and acts with integrity justice is welcomed on the mountain of the Lord. That's the first no, thing. No, what about You're testing heretic, the spirit? Those who deny the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Worshiper in our church. How dare you? How dare you? You're a heretic. 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 We're Catholics. Now watch this. Just check this out. There's the high altar where the traditional Latin Mass used to be said. Now they got the table out front, mostly empty church, and the imam, the, the mezzan, calling for Muslim prayer. I mean, it just doesn't, well, not for that, it just doesn't get, you, we, we could do a whole show on that. I mean, what, what are we looking at? What, what is that? What happened? And you can, you know, they're talking about the church of accompaniment. Well, you see what the people feel, the people who kept the faith out in the parking lot, screaming at their priest, you're a heretic. <laughs> and then, who wants this? I guess that's the main thing. Any Muslims are going to take any, any solace in this? They're not going to be caught dead in the Catholic Church, of course. Who wants this? They can't seduce anybody with this. The people don't want this. Nobody wants this you know, inside of, of, of Catholic Church. It shows you where we've, where, we've, where we've come as a civilization, what's happening to the Catholic countries, what's happening to the church. Nobody wants it. They're not trying to seduce us anymore. These people want their church back. The priest is yelling at them. They want their country back. They want their culture back. They want the old normal back. And this is being forced on them. And it's being forced on all of us. This, this is the thing. I want to talk tonight about some very positive developments and how we're going we're gonna to fight back against this. But it's important to realize that we're no longer being seduced. They're not trying to convince us, whether it's the church, whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's Davos. They're threatening us all the time, aren't they? They're not trying to seduce or convince anybody. They're threatening us. You do this or else is what we're getting. Have you noticed that our caps have actually got little pictures of skulls on them? <laughs> I don't, so... Hands. Are we the baddies? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how I feel lately. And, and, and it's just so, it's so absurd to think 
that we, we the godless pro-aborts now that we've become as a nation, as a civilization, we are going to go and save other civilizations from perdition. <laughs> We're going to go save the children over in Ukraine. Well, this kind of thing is going on in our own halls of government. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. <laughs> no, that was, that was two years ago. Just a little bit before that, maybe two years prior, that would have been a Saturday Night Live skit. What are we looking at there? Thank God we live in a world where not everyone has lost their mind, where people still are mocking this. For the second year in a row, the defending champion, the Babylon Bee's Man of the Year, Rachel Levine! We can, we can mock it, and we should, because they have no answer for mockery, and it deserves to be mocked. But at the end of the day, what we're looking at is a race to the bottom. It's a civilizational race to the bottom. Our civilization is in total moral, spiritual, now economic, cultural, political collapse. And you don't have to be a Christian to see that what they're doing is sheer insanity. You have to have some modicum of understanding of history to see where we are. This isn't progress. This is the end of our civilization if something doesn't change. So here, for example, is a well-known, not a Christian, not a traditional Catholic, but rather a well-known feminist historian, uh, an academic by the name of Camille Paglia. And here's how she sees it. Historically, this, uh, this, uh, the movement toward androgyny occurs in late phases of culture, okay? as, a, as a civilization is starting to uh, unravel. Okay? And, that, and you can find it again and again and again through history. The people who, who, who live in such periods, a late phase of culture, whether it's, it's the Hellenistic era, whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's, it's uh, the Mauve decade of Oscar Wilde in the 1890s, whether it's Weimar Germany, people who live in such times okay, feel that um, they're very sophisticated, they're very cosmopolitan. Okay? Homosexuality, heterosexuality, so what? Anything goes and so on. All right? and so, and but but we, from the perspective of, of historical distance, okay, you can see that it's a culture that no longer believes in itself. And more importantly, we are a culture that no longer believes in its God. And as Chesterton, Chesterton said, G.K. Chesterton, when a man stops believing, he doesn't then believe in nothing. He believes in anything. Pagan superstition? Bring it back. Absolutely. Pachamama? Sure. Why not? Throw out the crucifix. Let's go back to paganism. It's working really well now in our society. People are looking for something to believe in. They're going to believe in anything. Whatever stupidity is being peddled, whether it's by the pope, bishops, priests, or, or the idiots running CNN, they will believe any of it. So right now, for example, so many, way too many Americans, even people on our side of the, our side of the aisle, incredibly, somehow they are actually believing that clueless Joe Biden is leading a crusade against the forces of evil over in Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. So that, that MiG, that Russian MiG, heck yeah, it T-boned one of our drones over the Black Sea, over the crime, in Crimea. What were we doing there? 
Why is no one asking that question? Why are we over there with our little drones? And then our reaction when one of them gets taken out is, how dare those Ruskies take out one of our surveillance drones? They shot down our drone. What should our answer be? What would Ronald Reagan do right now? He would, he would start shooting Russian planes down if they were threatening our assets. <laughs> Look at these two Cub Scouts. Take those Russian jets out, men. It's what Ronald Reagan would do. <laughs> Russia and Putin's hostility and aggression against our country. Now, hang, hang on. Stop the tape, Sean. Against our country? <laughs> the last time I checked, Crimea is not our country. So I ask again, what are we doing over there? Even if you, you think we need to be you know, looking at this much more carefully, and there's a lot more going on. We don't know what you're talking about, Michael Matt. There's much more. Well, you can at least forgive somebody for saying, can we just stay home and take... Take care of our country? Our banks are collapsing. Our borders are collapsing. Our economy is tanking. So what are we doing over there? Why isn't there just some healthy skepticism out there right now asking, what are we doing in Eastern Europe, flying drones around, putting billions of dollars and provoking Russia in Eastern Europe? What are we doing that for? Russia and Putin took out an American drone over international waters. And I ask again, Joe Biden, what are you going to do? I mean, this is this is unconscionable that you would look at, at, at a volatile tool like Joe Biden who's not calling his own shots anyway as conservatives. And you're basically saying, come on, Joe, let's start shooting down those super high tech jet fighters. <laughs> Call the troops out in a hurry. This is what we've waited for. This is it, boys. This is war. It's 1984 all over again. We're all back in high school. And it doesn't really matter, by the way what the Ruskies have to say in their defense, because after all, they're Ruskies. They're bad guys, we're good guys. And besides, as Mark Twain might have said, the truth has no defense against a fool determined to believe a lie. What would Ronald Reagan do right now? The reality is, friends, they, 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 the Russians, the Ruskies, they took down one of our toy airplanes, right? It's not exactly the Lusitania here, right? And this is ridiculous, Mr. Hannity, Senator Graham. And besides that, friends, we already know what this war is all about. A year ago, right down here, we played the clips. Here's one you may remember from one of the lunatics of Davos, not hiding anything, just coming right out with what this war is all about. This war in Ukraine should be the opportunity to end the culture war in the West. You know, Russia is not the Soviet Union. It's much, much weaker. And maybe most importantly, is if in addition to everything else, Europe and the West now embark on a green Manhattan project. Like in the Second World War, when there was this Manhattan project to produce nuclear weapons, now we need an ecological Manhattan project because Russia is actually a gas station with nukes. The whole Putin regime is built on oil and gas. That's it. So the West needs to unite and act fast and pour money and resources and scientific knowledge to create an energy revolution to stop depending on oil and gas. And then the Putin regime is finished. Where has he been, by the way? Last thing he said was, Jesus doesn't exist? Yeah. He went after, he said that the resurrection and Jesus Christ were myths. 
I have a feeling he didn't survive that. I've not seen or heard from him since. Another indication you got to just keep pushing back against these lunatics because you never know. But you can still see by that clip, you know, what's really going on. And the question is, those of you who are still supporting this, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for you to abandon the narrative that we're the good guys fighting against the agents of evil over there? No, 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 friends. When it comes to Ukraine, Soros, Biden, the Biden family crime syndicate, we've always been the baddies. We're the ones who started this, as we've said down here over and over again. So what's it going to take for you? George Soros coming right out and admitting it? Like maybe in Davos, over at the World Economic Forum, for example? Wait a minute. That already happened. That's exactly what George Soros did at Davos, at the WEF, just a couple months ago. So I think uh, Ukraine today is rendering a tremendous service to Europe and to the Western world, to open society and uh, uh, our survival because they are fighting our our fight and we must give them all the support that that, uh, that they ask for and in fact certainly the united states is doing that but george wasn't done george interrupted the proceedings he grabs the microphone. Is barely able to speak to tell us that Joe Biden was behind it from the beginning. Here, here he is, admitting it all. I also want to mention that uh, there is one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. In fact, I got to know him uh, in the, with, with regard to Ukraine. And again, everybody's on board. Just last week, the Pope's personal newspaper, L'Osservatore Romano, comes out urging Catholics worldwide this Lent to fast from gas and other fossil fuels during Lent because using heating gas means that you're financing Russia's war machine. This is in the, the Pope's newspaper. Turning your heat on this winter is something you shouldn't do because you're, it shouldn't be tolerated any longer because you're supporting Russia. We start adding it all up. George, George Soros, Jorge Bergoglio, Davos, the UN, all these guys, they're all waging war on Putin. Not, not because he's a saint, but because he's a Russian. <laughs> a proud Russian, one might say, a nationalist. Ooh, that's a dirty word. And because over the course of the past few years, Vladimir Putin decided to, horrors of all horrors, make Russia great again. Does that sound familiar? Because we were all for it a couple years ago when it was America that we were making great again, right? That's what's happening over there. It's getting in the way of the new world order. And so it's time to obliterate Russia from the face of the earth. And let's not forget, friends, this is going to, if cooler heads don't prevail, if the adults don't come back to the room, if the propagandists don't stop with the fear porn, 
Team Biden, this whole this whole movement now, which is Davos-backed, UN-backed, this idiot, clueless Joe Biden, is pushing and prodding Russia right into the arms of China. Is that what we want? As that's happening, and it's going to happen, they're meeting this week, it's going to happen. And don't forget, before you jump on that, the United States of America teamed up with the Soviet Union during World War II, the communist, atheist Soviet Union. Something similar is happening now. And while it's happening, America is being dismantled. America's banks are failing. We told you this. That's why Joe Biden sat in his basement, didn't even run. They were putting this guy, this tool, this puppet in there so they could take America down. So now America's banks, yeah, they're failing. Of course they are. Of course they are. While the lunatics of both political parties now are pushing billions and billions of dollars in F-16s and more tanks into Ukraine. Don't you see? This is, a, this is a war against Russia that we're fighting, and our base of operations is Ukraine. Come on. We can't support this anymore. They are destabilizing our country on purpose. Remember, they did the same thing. Donald Trump, I don't know, whatever his, whatever his problems are, were, are, will be, they got rid of Donald Trump. Why? Because they were terrified that he would actually make America strong again. That's the reason they got rid of him. And guess, guess what? They got rid of Pope Benedict XVI, these globalists. They got rid of him also for the same reason, out of fear that that pope was going to make the Catholic Church strong again. This is all part of the same globalist agenda. I think most people in this audience know that. Even today, this is where I think we can, as traditional Catholics, we, we play a key role in this. The Catholic Church is key in this. If she comes back to her senses, and there are signs that she is, and we'll talk about those in a minute, the Catholic Church, if she comes back to her senses, would change all of this. That's why they spent so many years, so many decades, trying to take the Catholic Church down because she is a world superpower, if you will, to be reckoned with. Our family is made up of every race. We are young and old, rich and poor, men and women, sinners and saints. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing relief and comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other scholarly or religious institution. We developed the scientific method and laws of evidence. We founded the college system. We defend the dignity of all human life and uphold marriage and family. Cities were named after our revered saints who navigated a sacred path before us. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible we are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have consistently guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. <laughs> Even today, with all that's happened to the church, a video can bring tears to your eyes. It's so true. And that's what they're afraid of. That's what they're trying to tear down. The old world order of Christ the King, of Christendom, of Christianity. So can you imagine, friends, can you imagine how a resurgence of tradition inside the Catholic Church, how it threatens the entire edifice of this New World Order, the entire project, New World Order? Can you see what's happening here? That's why they got rid of Benedict. 
And they've been trying, that's exactly why they have been trying to cancel the traditional Latin Mass movement ever since. I know they're coming out with all sorts of cockamamie excuses for why they got to get rid of that Mass. And this is something I keep saying. Catholic or not, understand what they're doing. They're trying to take Christianity down by destroying the history, the traditions of Christianity, of the Christian church forever, burying it for good. So Francis may say things like, well, the old Latin Mass is divisive. But, but obviously that's a lie because Francis shows no concern whatsoever for the ridiculous, stupid divisiveness of something like this. We dürfen uns verstehen als von Gott geliebtes Kind. Übersetzt auf Rappersprache. Check es einfach aus. They are mocking and scourging the mystical body of Christ with cringe characters like that. But it's not just priests, it's not just faithful. It goes all the way up the chain of command. Here, in fact, is the head of the German Bishops' Conference spewing heresy. Homosexuelle Paare, Paare, die geschieden und wieder verheiratet sind, Paare, die um den Segen bitten, ja, das ist das etwas, was wir hier tun. Ja, das können Sie hier tun, aber das Problem ist, dass der Vatikan dazu bisher immer gesagt hat, es sei nicht erlaubt, homosexuelle Partnerschaften zu segnen. Heißt das, Sie setzen sich jetzt quasi über den Papst hinweg? Zunächst einmal muss man sagen, die Praxis der Segnung gibt es und wir wollen sie ans Licht holen. Und das heißt, dass wir Bischöfe uns dazu positionieren und sagen, es ist gut, dass wir das tun. Was in einer Beziehung zwischen zwei Menschen in einer Partnerschaft gut ist, das kann auch den Segen Gottes bekommen. Das ist nur folgerichtig. Und wir haben heute gehört aus der belgischen Kirche, dass dies dort auch schon umgesetzt ist und dass das sogar mit Rom bereits besprochen ist. Again, that's, that's the president of the German Bishops' Conference. 38 to 9, that was the number of the bishops who voted to support uh, these same-sex blessings. What's the strategy here coming from the German Episcopate? I mean, if you were still head of the CDF, what would you advise the Pope to do here? If they are uh, acting or going absolutely directly against the Catholic doctrine, the, the definition of, the, of the, the dogma, against the dogma of the Catholic doctrine, there must be a trial and uh, they must be sentenced and uh, they must be uh, removed from their office. This is out of control now, what's happening. This is the spirit of Vatican II. This is where the spirit of Vatican II has taken the, taken the Catholic Church, and it is obviously entirely out of control. But the only corrective that we're seriously seeing now from the Vatican is a corrective that crushes fidelity to tradition, fidelity to doctrine, traditional Catholicism. That's the only corrective that means anything or that's actually being put in practice by Francis shutting down faithful Catholics. Do you, think, do you think maybe it's time to resist them to their faces? Oh, I think so, friends. You think you need to obey that head of the bishops' conference in Germany? You do that, you will lose your soul. You'll betray Christ. You'll betray his bride. You can't obey that. We have got to stand up and fight back. And thank God lots of people are. We, we have everything that we need, friends. Forget about the fear. Forget about, oh, it's overwhelming. We can't ever do anything about it. It's just too big. No, no, no. They're the ones who have nothing. Rapping, fat, cringy priests, babbling nonsense. Bishops that are scandalizing the world. 
Entire church is just falling into disrepair, rack and ruin. They got nothing. We have everything still, friends. We got faith. We got family. And we have the clans. I want to to close on this because I sometimes think the clans, unite the clans, people don't understand what it means, how important that is. That's not just some sort of feel-good expression. Samorum Pontificum by which Pope Benedict XVI restored the traditional Mass. It was deeply flawed because it put the new Mass and the traditional Mass on the same level. We'll have a show on that again sometimes. But despite the fact that it was flawed, it also restored the traditional Latin Mass to the altars of the Catholic Church. And more importantly, in a way, for this conversation, it massively backfired because it united the clans of Catholic faithful tradition like nothing else ever had since Vatican II, since the close of the Second Vatican Council. That's the problem here. And I, I have a hunch that Francis really, he's not a liturgist, he's not a theologian, he doesn't care which mass we attend. <laughs> Francis is a consummate politician. That's what he cares about. He's indebted, he is in bed with the globalists who are building a new world order. So he doesn't really care about the Latin mass so much as he cares about the political ramifications of a resurgence of faithful Catholicism throughout the whole world. That's what he cares about. That's what he's crushing. And a quick way of saying that is what he cares about, friends, is the clans. Uniting the clans. He cares about the movement. That's what they have no answer for. Their entire church is in disarray. In the middle of all this rises up this movement of united clans, faithful Catholics, who have not been deceived and who will not be deceived. That's the counter-revolution, friends. Blessed by God. They're trying to blow us apart right now because of it. Because they're afraid of the clans uniting. And friends, we got to make sure. we got to make sure they fail. So I'd ask you, please, in conclusion tonight, listen up. This is something we can all do. Last week I talked about the traditional Latin Mass. It is the bedrock of the counter-revolution. It must survive, even if it has to go underground. But that doesn't mean that everyone who doesn't have access to it is suddenly left out in the cold of this movement to restore sanity and Christ to the world, right? If you don't have access to the Latin Mass, you're not on the outside of this. You don't have access to the traditional Latin Mass. Some of you are going to feel obliged to attend the most traditional Novus Ordo Mass that you can find. You are what I have always called a tradition-minded Catholic, doing the best you can. You're my brother. You're an important part of this counter-revolution. Do not feel abandoned. Even when, when, when we, we, we speak in adamant terms, that we absolutely must preserve the traditional Latin Mass, which we must do. It's all a question of direction, friends. In which direction are you going? Away from tradition or toward tradition? In which direction is that nice little priest down the street you were so happy to find because he still prays the rosary, he still loves Our Lady, he still has the devotions, he's interested in the Latin Mass, he's saying the new Mass still because he doesn't know the whole story yet. In which direction is he going? If he's going towards tradition, towards us, towards our side of of this battlefront, embrace him. (laughs) Encourage him to keep coming. Don't tell him, you're not good enough, you're not saying the Latin Mass, get out of our life, be gone Satan. That's not what this is about. And I've spoken down here many times about an old, beautiful friend of mine, friend of my father's. Many of you, I hope, still remember his name. His name, Father Vincent Michelli, one of the last great 
Jesuits of his generation. Now, he was a powerhouse of the traditional Catholic thing, of Catholic resistance. And at the time, when I knew him at first, when he died, he went exclusively towards the end of his life, exclusively into the Latin Mass. But when I first knew him, he was still offering a very devout Novus Ordo Mass and doing the best he could with that, even though he understood what was wrong with it. In fact, he's the reason I ended up, as a traditional Catholic, I ended up going to Christendom College. We didn't have a lot of options back then. There was no college back then that was offering the traditional Latin Mass. But Father Michelli was one of those priests. I'm here. I'm going to see that you do not lose your faith as a student if you come to this college. And eventually, as I say, he began offering exclusively the traditional Latin Mass. Another one is Father John Buchanan. For some people might locally might remember that name, a great priest, military chaplain from here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Another one. Who, was a, who wrote for this paper, the Remnant newspaper, for my father every two weeks. And he was a champion of the traditional Catholic counter-revolution, just like Father Chilatus, the reason I'm opening this paper up, we got a new, new remnant off the press. And on the back page of every issue, there is a, a column called The Last Word, written by a friend of mine who goes by the name of Father Chilatus. And Father Chilatus is a, is a parish priest who's responsible for some, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred families. He's been moving towards tradition for many, many years. But guess what? He still offers the new Mass. He tries to do it ad orientum. He does the best he can, he, he can with his new Mass to make it more like the traditional Mass. As he says, the traditional Mass also every day, or has it said in his parishes, he regularly preaches full-throated support for Archbishop Vigano, for example. He's a champion of the traditional Catholic movement. Should we ostracize him because he's not saying exclusively the Latin Mass? Even though those who attend his, his Novus Ordo Mass are coming in droves into the traditional Latin Mass because of the fact that he is a tradition-minded priest. Friends, we cannot let them divide us from such priests and from faithful and even bishops. These are fellow travelers. And this is a terrible, terrible time of upheaval in the church. We need every man on deck. Every man on deck. We have many, many more friends than we may think. So don't, I'm not in this program ever encouraging anybody to abandon your good priest or your good bishop who's kept the faith, doing the best they can and moving in the direction of tradition. I mean, many, many bishops today, we're hearing more and more now since Traditionalis Custodis, many bishops are coming right out on TV, standing strong with the fraternity of St. Peter in their diocese. Uh, have those communities embracing that extraordinary form of the liturgy, has it caused any division and disunity in your archdiocese? It hasn't impacted us to a great deal. We were blessed to have the fraternity of St. Peter here that has two communities. And, you know, I would say the people in those communities, I find them to be very sincere and and they love the Lord, they love the church, they love the Eucharist. So in my diocese, what we are able to do is we have the uh, uh, priestly fraternity of St. Peter, uh, staffs a parish in Quincy, Illinois. They do mass and the sacraments only in the uh, traditional rites. And while that's happening, and we try to show you another instance of a bishop saying something similar like that every, every show lately, while that's happened, let's be honest, Francis fatigue is heating up all over the world. Last week, for example, there was a little Twitter war 
between Jordan Peterson and Francis, the, the, the thing, the entity, the kid, the child pretending to be Pope Francis on Twitter, tweeted out the following. He said, hashtag social justice demands that we fight against the causes of poverty. To which Jordan Peterson fires back a tweet, quote, there is nothing Christian about social justice. Redemptive salvation is a matter of the individual soul. So says Jordan Peterson. What's my point? People have had enough of this. They're seeing through it. Now is the time to strike back. Right now, just yesterday, Raymond Arroyo, Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Mueller had another one of those programs on EWTN, of all places, expressing deep concern and even resistance to Francis's synod on synodality. So, so my point is this, this is an extremely dangerous time, but it's also a moment of great awakening, friends. And we need to take advantage of that. There are signs of hope all around us. Archbishop Thomas Gullickson, for example, you may have heard his name. He's the American, American Archbishop. He's a former ambassador or nuncio of the Holy See to Switzerland. He retired, I think, last year. On May 27, 2022, in Lincoln, Nebraska, His Excellency ordained seven members of the priestly fraternity of St. Peter to the priesthood. And after that ceremony, our friend Peter Kwasniewski caught this moment on tape. Now, why do I bring up this Archbishop? In May, I will be walking the pilgrimage to Chartres in France for the 30th time. This year, I, I have had to turn away so many pilgrims. We could have done 500 <laughs> pilgrims in that U.S. chapter. Unfortunately, many of you, we had to turn back. But as it is, we're going to have 110, 110 American Catholics walking on from Paris to Chartres in that U.S. chapter, joining thousands. But included in our chapter are going to be prominent leaders of this movement whose names you know quite well. John Henry Weston, for example, Taylor Marshall will be there, Dr. John Rao. So we'll be walking then, all of us, in honor of Christ the King and in, to express fealty to the Mother of God and, of course, to the traditional Latin Mass. The theme this year on this pilgrimage is our Lord's own words, I will be with you always, even unto the consummation of the world. Now, what's my point? On Pentecost Monday, there will be a solemn, high, pontifical, traditional, obviously, Latin Mass celebrated for 20,000 pilgrims from all over the world, Pentecost Monday, inside Notre Dame de Chartres Cathedral, the great Chartres Cathedral. This will be, hands down, the most prominent, most public, largest traditional Catholic Mass in the world this year. And guess, guess who will be celebrating that traditional Latin Mass? Archbishop Thomas Gullickson. God bless him, because it takes courage. My point, this is not over, friends. This war is not over. It's just getting started. This is a holy cause that will never die. It's already proved that. It's lived through the worst that the revolution had to offer. Today, it's stronger than it's ever been. It's so strong that Pope Francis is doing everything he can. Pope Francis, the modernist, doing everything he can to, to crush it. And Archbishop Gullickson now on, his, on his, his, his blog, he recently summed the cause up like this. He says, at a point, the fuming and railing against us and against the traditional Latin mass will subside or stop altogether. It has to, for we have a world to claim for Christ. All else is less than to the point. And that's it. 
friends. That's it, and that's everything. We have a world to claim for Christ, and that's all that matters. It's just, it, it applies to everything. Nothing changes for us, we just need to breathe. Breathe and believe. Don't let them shut you down. All the fear tactics, all the new orders, the traditionus custodis injustices, the nonsense, the great resets, the stupid synods, it's all just stuff and nonsense for those of us who truly believe that we have a world to claim for Jesus Christ.